She wears a nappy because it makes her happy. She's too cool for smooth. Kings and calls are too free spirited to be restrained by herbs and oils. These queens who adorn it as a natural crown of truth. Braids worn in all sorts of twists, shades, a labor of love. I'm a mama, living free, no drama, like Michelle Obama, period, no comma, like my mama, I'm a mama, living free, no drama, no drama, like Michelle Obama, period, with no comma, like my mama, like her mama, I'm a mama, living free, no drama, like Michelle Obama. Period with no comma. I'm they mama. She, I'm mama. I'm a mama. Mama. Queens, it's your girl J Rose, period, no comma, and welcome to Sisters, where today, in the spirit of Mother's Day, we want to honor the moms in our lives who sacrifice so much of themselves for the betterment of their children. We want to spotlight a few moms who have gone beyond the call of duty, if you will, and deserve to be given their flowers while they're still here. Amen. So our first guest definitely proved that even in the face of tragedy, the mom is still always the glue that keeps the family together and her children love her every bit more for it. And so I'd like to introduce you to a couple of daughters. First, Tracy Smith, Lindsay Hill and Kelly Wilbert. How are you, ladies? Great. Okay. Great to have all of you. And so their mom is more than deserving of that honor. Her name is Miss Silvetta Johnson. Please welcome her to Sisters. How are you, ma'am? I'm doing great. Thank you. Thank you. I'm it's doing fine. It's a pleasure to have you all with us. And thank you for sharing your family, your story with us. And it's a very honor to be amongst other mothers. And so uh, I want to start with you. Uh, Miss Silvetta, first off, I, I want to give a, just a, a brief background on kind of your family story and kind of just your journey of, of the things you had to go through in, in your motherhood journey. So as I hear back on April 28th of 1996, it was your husband was killed by a young man who he was trying to help escape the dead end of urban life at a boy's home in Detroit. And your husband had devoted extra time in his life to helping young men who are less fortunate than he was and he wanted to see a better way for young men period in the city of Detroit and so uh, I want to first say I'm sorry for your loss no matter how much time has passed you know time doesn't always heal all wounds there but we really want to thank you for joining us there joining us here today and being open to sharing your journey with us here on Sisters and so my first question I like to know is after that happened, what was it like in the first few weeks after your husband's murder, and how were you able to adjust as a as a mom? As I said, I was accustomed to being alone sometime because he traveled in the years we were married, and uh, when they were young, he traveled on the road a lot, so I was used to being home alone, but 
Now, all of a sudden, I was faced being alone all the time. So it took me some time to adjust. Like I say, before the funeral, I, I kind of realized that he was gone. But then after the funeral, funeral reality set in that I was going to be doing this alone. And so I looked at the girls and I looked at Lindsay, who was 10 years old at the time. And she kept saying she wanted, you know, after the funeral, she wanted to go back to the school. She wanted to do this. Death didn't hit her like it did the older two. So I had to, on one end, be sensitive to my oldest who had lost her cheerleader in life. My second one who had lost her, her buddy driving her to school every day to this one who wanted to go back to things as normal. So I said, Lord, how do I fit all of this in? And I asked the Lord for strength. I didn't feel strong on the inside. I must say I shook most mornings because it involved a trial and all of that. But what happened was the Lord just gave me the strength to do it. Every day that we got in the car, I would pray before we go and I would say, Lord, let's do this. And that's how I made it with the support of my church, my Johnson family, my my family, the Motleys, and all my sisters and brothers, and my church families. They helped us to uh, make it through, and that's how I made it. I've asked the Lord for strength, and he strengthened me. Like I say, even when I didn't feel strong, he strengthened me, and we made it. It's amazing to depend on a higher power for strength in, in a time where it's, it's not an easy answer for how do you go forward with this. No. So I, I want to bring Tracy Kelly and Lindsay in. So you you ladies, you witnessed firsthand your mom's transformation, if you will, of kind of how she was before versus after. What can you say has made your mom your instant hero in that circumstance? Um. I can start as the oldest. Um, I was just used to, I was 16 at the time my father passed away. And so um, I was just used to doing teen stuff. He was going to track me, with me, the track me, homecoming, all those different things. And once he died, like our family dynamic shifted and my mom needed me more. And I depended on her more. Um, so some of the things that stood out to me is her, her faith. I think my mom is the definition of a virtuous woman in terms of how she depended on God to lead us through. I mean, we pray, we, we no matter what, we continue going to church. She continued encouraging us and, and helping us to be successful in life despite the loss. Her commitment to us, um, my mom made us her top priority up until she, she said she committed her life to us until we were adults and on our own. And honestly, even after my father died, it wasn't even commitment to us. She helped extended family members and close friends too. So her commitment and love for family stands out. And also her loving spirit. Despite all that we went through, the murder trial, the loss, the just the anguish that we went through because they were married for 20 years. This was a huge... Um, upheaval in our lives. Um, we never doubted how much she loved us, how she prioritized us, and she protected us. It's amazing. Uh, Kelly or Lindsay, feel free to jump in. 
Um, just to piggyback off of what Tracy said, she definitely <laughs> mentioned so many things, but um, the dynamic definitely changed. I was um, in middle school at the time that he passed, and so for me, um, it was a bit different um, because Tracy had she was doing teen things, but she had kind of already started to start to, you know, help our parents. The oldest, you know, starts to assist as they get older and get more responsibility. And, you know, I wasn't really there yet. And so it took me a little bit of time to really um, understand what happened. I knew he was gone, but, and I knew the dynamic of our family had changed, but, uh, you know, I was pretty ready to go back to my regular life. And so as time went on, the commitment that I saw from her um, definitely uh, was pivotal for me because I had become a young mom, just like uh, mentioned before, she had committed her life. She protected us. Um, we were her top priority. And so as a young mother myself, I use that as an example. I had my son right out of college. And so um, I did not know how to necessarily take care of a baby Baby care was not something that I knew how to do. However, I knew how to commit myself to my child because of the example set before me. And so I was able through her example and her encouragement and her um, guidance through that struggle, you know, trying to figure out how to do this mommy stuff. You know, I knew how to do that. I knew how to commit to him. I knew how to be there for him because of that example. And of course, um, she gave me tips and tricks because there were some things that she didn't know how to handle. You know, she was not, had not planned on being a single mother. So she had, we grew together um, during that process and she helped me get through that. I taught her a little bit, I'm sure, but she definitely was my rock during that time. And um, that is just something that is so pivotal for me is that she stuck by me and helped me get through as I was, you know, figuring that out. So I'm just so grateful for her and that example that was set before me. I like that you grew together. I really like yeah. that statement. That's yeah. awesome. Lindsay, what makes your mom your superhero in that in that in that uh, situation? Um. <clears throat> well, I feel the same way about what my sister said also. But I was the youngest, and so I feel like my father passing didn't really register with me until I was older. Um, and so for me, my mom is a rock star because she, she showed, she taught me so much compassion and love through her um, actions. Um, that's something that I use daily um, in my, with my own children and in my classroom and in my own profession. I use it all the time. She taught me growing up that you treat people the way you want to be treated. And that's something that I, that I preach to my kids all the time that, you know, your sister, your brother is, is always your friend, no matter what they say. That's awesome. And, and actually, I like that all of you kind of had something different to say and which kind of and I really liked also what you said, Kelly, as far as leading into how you parent as a mother, which kind of leads me to my next question for 
you, Lindsay and Tracy, is would you share with us what are some of the special attributes that you see in your mom that you're replicating in your own motherhood experience? Well, as I said before, my mom didn't just care for us. She cared for other people's children, too. Like we had cousins who came to live with us, friends of the family who she cared for. She even babysat as when she she retired. We all are now married with children. She kept all of our children up until they were two. So we didn't have to send them to daycare. And so she just was and she she taught Sunday school, vacation Bible school. She just has always had this commitment. Took my friends and us back and forth to school. She carpooled. She just had this strong, she and my father had this strong commitment to children. And it never changed even when my father passed. So that has been passed on to me. Now I'm a foster parent. Mm -hmm. And I know I get that care and compassion and love for children. I'm a foster and adoptive parent. And I know I get that from my mother. We are also all educators at at within some point. My parents, specifically my mom, she was the the she worked in schools for her entire career. She was the head secretary. So being with her in the office, in school, seeing all of this work with children, it has impacted how I parent and even impacted my career choice. Awesome. Yep. And to um tag along with that, um, I'm known as Auntie Warden, they call me, <laughs> because I feel like I learned from my mom to uh, be very firm. And so um, being, uh, I was a single mother, even though I was not by myself, I had plenty of support, plenty of help, but day to day, I was dealing with a rambunctious young man. And so through that experience, um, of seeing my mom raise us and being firm with us, but with compassion, with love, but very firm. Um, that helped me as a parent guide him. And in turn, when I became a classroom teacher, that also helped me with my uh, classroom management. No, my kids did not listen to everything. My own son does not listen to everything. You know, everyone has their own minds, but the goal was to be firm, um, but do it with compassion and love. And I always try to use humor in my um, discipline as well. And that's something that I learned from her as well is to kind of, you know, be firm, but don't kill anybody. You know, don't uh, take it to the point where, you know, they don't feel love. They don't feel compassion. They don't feel like you care. And so that is something that I learned from her because, uh, you know, as we grew up, I don't think we were the worst behaved kids, but we were still kids. And so she had to be firm with us. And it was three against one, you know. And so that um, strong hand, you know, like sticking to what she said, um, you're going to do what I said. And this is why explaining why, you know, all of those things that children need, I feel, in order to um, understand the discipline that they're receiving and to accept it, you know. I got that from her and I in turn I feel use that with um my own son and of course my classroom um students and that helped him turn into he's a, about to be 16 a sweet young man who you know just like us follows orders you know does what he's asked to do is not a problem or a troublemaker or anything and um it's just been a wonderful thing to be raised by her and um, the village that was created for us and to see 
that in me, um, you know, as a, a mom and, you know, to a teenager. So it's really nice to see. And I'm grateful for that um, example once again set before me because I thrive on that. You know, that helps me. So I appreciate it so much. I see the ripple effect. In, I see the ripple effect definitely in you ladies. What about you, Lindsay? How has your mom affected your mothering along the way? Oh, I, I do the same thing. Um, I use, um, well, I try, I try to be strict. Um, um, but I always use compassion probably a little bit more than I should because I feel like, you know, God shows me compassion. Because of that, I'm going to show my children compassion and use humor just like my sister said, um, just as my mother and father did. That's great. To lead with compassion. And I can mm -hmm. tell just by talking with you ladies today that there has been a lot of love and compassion spread upon you. So I think that's really amazing that you're able to transfer that over to your own children. And so I'm curious to know how, how has the dynamics of you and your mom's relationship progressed from being a child to being an adult? So what, what's that mature mom-daughter relationship like? We are best friends, like, we, for sure. And for me, being the oldest, I told you how, how I went from being a teenager to having to help my mom more. I feel like she calls me her sister-daughter <laughs> because we had to, like, you know, work together. I had just gotten my license and she was a newly single mom. So I had to help her with pickup and drop off. I remember I had a checkbook. So I helped her with different things. So I had to like step in in a way that many teens did not. And so that helped us to build this relationship. And I remember when I was like 19, because my mom, as Kelly said, she was always very firm, loving, but always firm. And I remember one time she asked me, my opinion. She's like, Tracy, I need your advice. And I remember I was like, I looked around like, is she really talking to me? You know, and, and at that point, I knew I had matured because now she was coming to me and asking me my opinion and valuing my opinion, you know, as her daughter, but also as her friend. And mom, I just want to say that is just invaluable because everyone is not friends with their parents. And she is my friend and sister, in addition to being my mother. I feel tears. I'm not going to do it. I feel tears, but it's so beautiful. What, what about you, Lindsay or, or Kelly? Same. I feel that she's um, my best friend and can't get any closer because I tell her all the time. She always say, oh, Lindsay, you know, you just, we end up talking and you forget to drink your coffee. Because she's like my best friend. <laughs> That's so sweet. Yep, yep. And uh, that was something that um, we did. Speaking of coffee, that was uh, what got me into drinking coffee was us the, back when all three of us were still in the house with mom. And uh, we would get up and all drink coffee in the kitchen in the morning. And we would just have these conversations. It's so sweet. So got tears well enough too, Jay. <laughs> um, that was just so nice, you know, and so it's very nostalgic for me. So now I just go to my own kitchen and, you know, just drink my coffee and that's just my way of staying connected to what uh, friendship we have built, you know, um, over the years. Um, so, yeah, you 
glad you brought that up. So crazy about the coffee because that was something that you know we've done for years now. It's just sit around drinking coffee, getting up early in the morning, talking about our day, and just that uh, relationship has just grown. So I'm I'm grateful. That's amazing. You form you form. I don't want to say a sisterhood, but like a motherhood within the the mother daughter relationship of things. And and, and Miss Silvetta, I I really. I really love what you've done with your daughters. And I know we've all uh, started talking a few, a few while ago, but I really needed to say that. And I really want to know, is there anything about your daughters that you are the most proud of as far as anything they've accomplished or any, or just the women that they've become? I'm, I'm just happy to see that they, you know, I, uh, when he, my husband passed, you know, you have a certain amount of years, you know, I, I explained like social security and all that kind of stuff. And I told them there are only so many years that you get to do this thing and you have support. And and I'm just grateful that they, uh, they listen to me. Sometimes, you know, pull the other string, but most of the time they went to college and they did what they were supposed to do. I'm grateful that they, when they did leave home and they went to different colleges, they found a church home to to uh, attend and then when they did come back home they continued to serve the Lord in some uh, uh, form at our church or in uh, missions or something you know and the Lord said if you raise them up the way they should go when they are old they will not depart I'm just so grateful that they did the things that their dad and I started off in them and then I had to finish up as a single parent. I'm just grateful. And then as we'll tell you, I've had great help along the way and uh, I've had issues sometime with them that I have to go and ask somebody to pray with me. But those girls, I can say they have, uh, they've made us all proud. Uncle Ben, my husband, one of his brothers that stuck with us uh, like glue. He was there every week until everyone graduated from high school and college. I just want to say that about him and his wife and uh, and just others. They just supported us and they didn't disappoint. Not that they held any of them to a standard they couldn't uh, 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 maintain, but I just want to say they have made us all proud, the family proud, and their dad, if he was living today, he would be greatly, uh, he would be really proud of who they have become. They have good husbands, they have beautiful children, and I'm glad to be a grandma. I got five of them. I'm glad I have them every week. So I'm grateful for that. And um, like I said, I, I wish my husband was here to see it, but <clears throat> with a little tear in my throat, I know he would be proud of who they have become. And um, and I, I'm grateful for them. I'm glad to have three girls. We were wondering we were going to have a boy where we didn't have one. And he would always say, I'm glad for these three girls. I, I love my girls. That's and he, they knew this too. Yeah. That's amazing. Is there anything that you've learned from them? Because I know you put so much wisdom into them. Is there is there anything that they have taught you over I, the years? Yes, I've learned a lot from all three of them. Three, All three of them are different because they say, well, all three girls are totally different. Tracy is my one that uh, I, I uh, all three of them are becoming great cooks right now because I'm beginning to release 
the the family dinners. Every time I find out that one can cook something better than me, I say, oh, I'm done with that pound cake. I'm done with mac and cheese. They're becoming women like that. And uh, 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 let me see now. I'm beginning to get forgetful too, losing my train of thought. But I'm going to say they have each, like Tracy, oh, my God, she is just smart, booth-wise. But like I say, all three of them are smart and different in their own ways. Uh, Kelly, oh my goodness, not only does she teach, she's a social worker, teacher, and she now drives an 18-wheel. <laughs> How about that? Lindsay, uh, hearing-impaired teacher, great uh, teacher of compassion. You, we have to tell Lindsay, you, you know, you, you don't have to stop and, and talk to everybody in the grocery store and be everybody's buddy. <laughs> but they are compassionate young ladies they care they care for each other i always taught them that like they said that there's no greater friend than your sister or your brother my mom always taught us your sisters and brothers those that's your family god gave you and they'll always be there with you and they they've stuck together they they're, they're each other's closest friends and like i said all four of us were uh, great together, and I'm just grateful to God for that because everyone doesn't have that. But they're all, like I said, each one are smart and 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 doing great things in their own way. And I'm proud of all three of them. So beautiful. I can't help but keep saying that it's so beautiful just to see your relationship and how it, it's. I can tell it's matured a lot as far as where you started off after your husband's passing yeah. and, and where you guys yeah. are now. I, and I know, Mr. Bella, you have been through hell and back. And so can you share with our sisters who have, who are in or going through a similar situation to where they experience a loss of, of the father of their children and how they can be able to be an overcomer and be able to be the best that they can be in raising their children alone? I, I'm going to say, too, I allowed people to help me. I think sometimes when you suffer loss, sometimes you want to shut people out. I, I, uh, I didn't. I, I needed the help and I accepted it. I got books, prayers, phone calls, cooking, uh, picking up the children for me until I could stand on my own two feet. And as I explained, my brother-in-law and my in-laws, they would come and help me with the kids, making sure that they got home from school. So if you, like I said, don't shut yourself off. If you have family, friends, church family that are willing to come and help you, don't shut yourself off because none of us can do this. We need a village. And in order to get a children and especially if they're even younger than mine, you need to, you need that village to help you navigate this new single life or this life without your mate, without your children's father. You need that support. You need them. And so don't shut yourself off. Be open so that others can help you. They can lead you to counseling. They can lead you. You have questions. Your children have questions. You can't always answer them. Other people can answer for you. My baby wanted to know, what's her dad going to see her at prom? My pastors had to answer that for her. 
I couldn't even, I didn't have the strength to even answer at the time because I was so caught up in grief. But others were there to help me and to bear that burden of and, 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 and loss with me. And I would say that's the biggest thing that helped me was not shutting myself off, but allowing those to help me and they helped brought, brought us through along with the Lord, like I said, with the Lord's help and all those good people I talk about. That's who helped us get through and not shutting yourself off is a good start. It's a very important point. It does take a village. And yes. I think that's that's the, the really thing that sticks out to me is that no one can do it on their own. No. Like you said, and so it, it takes the strength of other people joining together and, and filling in the gaps because you can't be all things to all people, especially in, in a time of grief like that. Exactly. And, and I'm, so I, I have a hypothetical question before we close out. If, if we had a Mother's Day out and you could do whatever you want for your Mother's Day out, what would you do? Where would you go? I would go to Paris. There you go. <laughs> there you go. Hawaii. Tracy. <laughs> Hawaii. <laughs> Tracy. A beach. A beach. Child free. <laughs> I like that. I like that. Lindsay, where you want to go? Um, anywhere child free. <laughs> you know what? That that's my answer. I, I didn't want to say that, but that was that was that's my answer. You took your yeah. right out of my mouth. And so this Savetta, we are so honored to make you our first annual Be More Supermom. You have the honor and pleasure of being called that. Yes, you get all of the props that go with that. And in the words of Tupac, there's no way we can pay you back, but our plan is to show you that we understand. And so okay. you are appreciated. And with that, we want to give a token of our appreciation by rewarding our moms with a not only with a personal goodie bag of mom essentials from my personal Amway business called Joe Enterprise, some mom okay. essentials for your uh, skin, cleaning, everything that, that most moms have to use. Okay. Anyway. As okay. well as a special night at the theater for the stage depiction of the MLK theme production titled The Mountaintop, uh, okay. which features one of our Be More Radio phenomenal actors and theater graduates, uh, Nigel Tut who is a graduate of Wayne State University, okay. who's actually going to be playing the lead role in that stage play. And so it's going to be at the Tipping Point Theater in Northfield, Michigan. And you and your daughters can pick your dates. The show runs from May 19th through June 18th. Nice. And so, yes, so that is our gift to you. And so i like to congratulate you on all of your contributions and also uh, yes. Yes. Thank you all for being with us. And while the getting is good, we're going to go to a quick break and we will be right back. And when we return, I want to introduce you to my hero as we continue loving the moms right here at Sisters on Be More Radio. Thank okay, you, ladies. You. Okay. Thank you. Here in the U.S., maternal mortality rate is already high compared to other wealthy countries. Now it's increased even more. According to the CDC, the latest figures show almost 24 deaths for every 100,000 live births. That's more than double the rate in the UK, Canada, and France. And black women fared much worse than white women. Welcome back 
to sisters right here on B-Boy Radio on our special Mother's Day episode to honor the moms that mean the most to us, which brings me to my super mom turned super grandma. So sisters, please welcome my mom, Duke Stephanie Jackson. Hey. Hello, everyone. Hey, mom. How are you doing? Hi. I'm well. Thank you. How are you all this evening, all the listeners out there? We're all doing good. Thank you for having us. I know uh, you've been having a long day teaching school. Uh, I know that our previous guests mentioned that they were in education and you are too. So shout out to all the educators out there. And so, yep. So let's get into it. So I'm sure that raising me was not always exactly a walk in the park (laughs) (laughs) most of the time, but uh, can you tell me about what has given you the most joy being a mom? Wow. Um, Actually, raising you was a walk in the park. (laughs) Um, I so enjoyed being a mom um, to you, being your mom. And um, um, I didn't have my first child. I was really older. So Jessica was born when I was, I had just got married. And I think I was like 32 when she was born. So it was... um, well, she was well worth the wait and um, such a joy. And I remember every milestone, every picture day. And I remember the fact that my mom had passed away when I was 26. And so my mom wasn't here to receive her granddaughter. And I just thought what a privilege it is to have this beautiful little girl. The time actually went way too fast. And um, and now I have grandchildren, and I'm just so enjoying every bit of that as well. You're really what was that to say about you? You were like an easy, sweet young lady growing up, and a sweet young lady as an adult, and a mom and a wife. So I'm very proud of you, Jessica. Thank you. You being too kind. It was it was not that easy. I won the other end of it. I'll tell me your version. <laughs> I, I, I'm gonna agree with you for the sake of it was a nice thing to say. But I and and I really do appreciate, you know, you being patient with me and and even through everything that the ups and downs. No, you were not a bad kid at all. Jessica was a very nice I had no problems with her. She never skipped school. She was respectful. She was everything a, a mother could want, want in a daughter. Seriously. Thank you. Yeah. And, and what I and what I like to know is I know that just to give a little background on us, I know that uh, unexpectedly you became a single mom as well. Uh, my dad didn't die, but uh, circumstances happened, and you and, and my dad, you know, ended up having to separate, and so you were unexpectedly kind of thrown into the position of being a single mom. And so uh, what would you say that you've learned the most out of being a single mom and and kind of learning the ropes on your own terms? Well, I had a great mom also who was a single mom. Well, she wasn't a single mom, but my mom was married and then she was divorced. But I had a, I had, I've always had wonderful, strong women role models from my mother um, to my grandmothers, to my other grandmothers. I have a, a beautiful family foundation and um, watching my grandmothers, being raised by my grandmothers because I was raised by my grandmothers and um, watching my mom 
be a strong, independent person. She taught me to be strong and independent too. And for that, I am forever grateful. Um, she she um, gave me lots of words of wisdom. For that, I am grateful that I listened. She would always say, well, don't, don't, don't take what I say, let it go in one ear and out the other. And I'd be like, yeah, yeah, yeah. But in reality, I have turned into my mother. And it's a beautiful thing. And I can only um, thank my mom for the foundation that she set for me. I am very, very blessed to have a strong, have had a strong, independent mother, career, a career mom um, who was adventurous, a go-getter, self-starter, and fearless. And I'm very grateful for some of those attributes that I took from her. I know you mentioned your mom, and I'm glad you mentioned that because I know Mother's Day has always been a very special and sacred time for you because uh, your mom, who isn't long, no longer with us, has a birthday the day after Mother's Day, right, Mom? Sometimes her birthday will actually fall on Mother's Day, but yes. May 9th, though, which is yes. the day after Mother's Day. And, you know, and even though I never got the privilege of meeting her, I still can feel a lot of that secondhand energy through you. And so please tell me and our viewers and listeners, what are your best memories with you and your mom? Wow, so many. Um, well, my mother grew up very poor, so she always told me she made it. She made sure that I had advantages that she didn't have. Like she sent me to camp. She made sure I went to summer camp, overnight camp. She made sure I had opportunities to go and do experience things that I normally wouldn't have experienced. She always said because she couldn't do some of the things like joining clubs and things because she was you know born and raised in the 50s so they didn't have a lot of opportunities to do as many things um like she would want to but you know she made sure that i had a lot of opportunities to go to college she made sure that um i didn't want for anything to be honest with you um my college experience was great um i stayed i, I chose not to live in the dorm i felt like hey that's money i can save I, I mean, I already got my own home with my mom. It was just me and her, so um, I didn't need to like go away to be um, independent. I was already independent, so the independence meant, meant a lot to me. And um, just, she's a great role model. She took care of other children. Um, she was um, a friend to all, a peacemaker, and those are some of the qualities of hers that I have taken um, over. You know, over the years, um, I, I wish I were more assertive like her because she would always say, be more assertive. But I am in my own way. That's good. And I and I really uh, like that we we still have a little bit of traces of our moms kind of passed on to us because slowly but surely I'm kind of becoming you a little bit <laughs> with my kids. And, <laughs> and sometimes, you know, my husband reminds me like, you know, you know, you're acting like your mom right now. <laughs> it's like, I don't know. I, I, that's just what I knew. And so oh I I will say one super mom moment from you. I have to say this, and I think you know what I'm going to say, was the best, the best moment where I needed you the most was when I was giving birth to my son. And we did not oh, get to stop. I know you know where I'm going with this. I forgot about that. Yes, you know I have to say this. This is my super mom <laughs> moment with you is where... Okay. The ambulance was not coming fast enough. We were five minutes away from the hospital <laughs> and we had to make a decision. And we were in the in the 
the passenger seat of my Ford Focus <laughs> in the driveway, unstarted. And so, no story. And, and thank goodness you took a CPR class. Thank goodness you took a CPR class because I was like, I don't think I'm going to make it. And so you were just like, well, when you feel the urge to push, I'm going to go get some towels. And we just going to have to make it. <laughs> and, and, and you were on the phone with, with, uh, Nine one one, and they were telling you to to tie a shoestring knot around the umbilical cord, and you did it perfectly, and you delivered my son. And I, to this day, I wish you could have gotten paid when my doctor would have gotten paid, because work, in my opinion. But um, can you tell me about you know just being prepared as a mom for the unexpected things that that may come along with it? <laughs> well, actually, you're never prepared but that moment when um your son was being born i knew that i i had to step up and and be there for you there was no time to be afraid to to be scared mm. um you just do what you have to do because it was needed it was an emergency and my first thought was making sure that you were okay and the baby was okay. So it was crazy. We were all running around and um, I was there. I remember they said, tie a, tie a string. I had no string. The guy um, on the phone says, take out your shoestring. I remember taking off my shoestring, ripping it out my shoe in the dark and doing all those things. But again, my thought was to the safety of my daughter and my grandson. And I prayed through the whole thing and I asked the Lord to give me strength. Because without that, I was not able to do any of those things on my own. And I just want to say, I had a praying mother, a praying grandmother. And thank you, God, for praying parents to pray for their children. Because I could not have made it this long without the prayers of my um, ancestors who have gone on before me. So uh, it was the Lord who was there delivering your baby that day. And I was just used as the vessel to be there. Amen. And you were prepared. It was my point. Because I didn't know CPR, my husband didn't know CPR, and and so we, I definitely want to be able to thank you for being a super mom and for dealing with everything that came with raising me and being an awesome grandma to my kids, even supporting me, even in my stupid moments. I've had moments where I have completely made a fool of myself and you did not uh, laugh at me. Who am I to judge? We are, we are, no one's perfect. And I remember my mom and I'm sorry to cut you off, but I remember I told my mom when I was about nine or 10, I got in trouble for doing something. And, and I said to my mother in all honesty, nobody's perfect. And I thought at that moment I was gonna get in trouble for actually speaking my mind. I didn't say it um, with any animosity. I didn't say it. I said it as a child who just wants my mama to know I'm sorry, but no one's perfect. And she, to this day, I remember she, was so thoughtful and kind. Like her whole demeanor changed because she was very upset with something that I hadn't done. And I remember when I said that, she thought about it and she gave me a hug and everything was good after that. So nobody's perfect. We all um, are on this journey trying to find our way and um, we're making it day by day. 
that's a good ending lesson. No, no one is perfect. That's like the tagline of what motherhood should be. No one is perfect. <laughs> so I'd like to thank you for being an awesome mom and an awesome thank grandma. You. Uh, and especially being the grandmother to my kids that I never was able to receive from my own grandmother. That means a lot to me that, you know, you were able to still, you know, hang in there for my kids. I love my grandchildren. Let me just say this again. When when Jessica first had when Jessica first had Madison, even to this day, my granddaughter and I are like best friends. But a lot of people say, well, you know, those are not your kids. Why you, you know, they were questioning me. And I, and I had to really stand up for myself and say, these are my grandchildren. And if I want to love on my grandchildren, let me love on my grandchildren. Because Jessica, she didn't have the benefit of my mom being there for her. But she's very much blessed with another grandmother, my stepmother. It's always stepped in, so. I love my grandkids. I'm not ashamed to say I love my grandkids. And I even have a t-shirt that say I love my grandkids. <laughs> and I couldn't ask for a better grandma. <laughs> and so I want to be able to also reward you with a special gift bag uh, from my Amway Business Show Enterprise. So I will be getting that to you momentarily, as well as you will also be invited as our special guest for a night at the theater, as I mentioned before, with our with the uh, stage production of the MLK. Thank you. Off the mountaintop. You're welcome. Which is sure to be an exciting mother and daughter outings because we don't we don't really go out to the theater too much. So uh, thank you. Yes. Yeah, so thank you, <laughs> Mom, for your contributions to the next generation. Thank you, thank you, thank you. And so, sisters, in the spirit <laughs> of what Mother's Day means to us, we want to give you a special poem dedicated to all the mothers that we so love dearly. Okay, thank you all too. All the mothers who spend 365 days a year, 24 hours a day, 60 minutes an hour loving the child, this poem's for you. From the first time you held us in your arms, naturally given the ability to love us unconditionally that no one you would let do us harm. Moms who sacrifice time, money, and patience for any occasion, expecting nothing in return, you deserve celebration. But not just for one day in a year, not for one hour of that day, but you should be praised every second of every day for keeping us safe, for picking us up when we fall, answering when we call, loving us through it all. To all the mothers who awoke in the middle of the night when they heard their child cry, to all the mothers that gave us values to live by, to all the mothers that we take for granted, granted that they have demanded nothing but our love and obedience in return, I say thank you for being our own personal superhero. Your power being the power to transform into the form of anything we've ever needed. You became our teacher when we needed to be taught a lesson, our counselor when we needed guidance, our driver even when we drove you crazy. And sometimes you had to be the M-O-M that was our A-T-M and though you gave us money, we still tend to forget how much you're worth. But even then, you are our gardener and we are your seed. You giving us the nutrients we need to grow faithfully, to be all that we can be. And I thank the God above us for providing such wonderful mothers for all the world. There is none other. So, to all the mothers who spend 365 days a year, 24 hours a day, 60 minutes an hour, loving the child, thank you.
Happy, happy Mother's Day, Mommy. I love you. I love you because we spend time together and we have <clears throat> fun. And you're very nice. And I love you also because we go a lot of pet places together. And I love cooking with you because it's very fun. And I love watching movies with you. Oh, <laughs> thank you, Madison. My heart is so full. <laughs> I love being your mom. And I, and even though sometimes, my girl, you make my hair grow grayer than it needs to be sometimes, I still think you're the best daughter in the world. And thank you, production, for surprising me with that. That was so sweet. I have on mascara, so I'm not going to cry. But thank you, production, Jonathan, behind the scenes. Thank you so much for that. That really meant the world to me. And so I want to thank all of our guests for joining here with us on this mother's day special and to give yourself some props for hanging in there with us too so next week we will actually be talking to dr eddie conway about his amazing book queen so until then we will see you next week right here at sisters on be more radio